Today we are starting a brand new uh, message series called Difference Maker. And in this series, um, we're going to be talking about how, um, not only how people have made a difference in our lives, but how we can point people to Jesus, who is the difference maker. Now, we've all had people who've made a difference in, in our lives, most likely probably within our own uh, families, be it uh, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, maybe uh, grandparents or, or cousins, um, aunts, uncles, maybe you had that one crazy uncle that maybe made a bad difference, I don't know. Um, but in our family, we've had people that have made a difference in our life, but we've also had mentors in our lives as well, a pastor, a teacher, a coach, maybe it was someone that you had never even met before, like an author or a speaker, who just made an impact in our lives. And difference makers, uh, sometimes it's a process, sometimes it's over a season or a span of our life where they pour into us and they invest in us. But also a difference maker may just be at, at someone who made a difference at a, at a point in time, like at an event or some sort of encounter with that person. And that one thing, that one event, um, really made an, in, uh, an impact, a difference in our lives. Um, as we talk about difference maker in this series, our, our kind of working definition within Freedom Church, as we're going to be using it, is... A difference maker is someone who is a person who points someone to the difference maker. It's a person who, who points some, someone to the difference maker, Jesus, who is God. And that has been the mission of God for his church since it began, which was to point people to Jesus Christ. For me, it was at a very young age. My parents took me to church, and I had teachers and pastors who poured into me and invested in me as a child. And, and, and as a seven or eight-year-old, I gave my life to Christ. Just a, a random question. Who, has, who in here, um, when you became a Christian, uh, was at the age of 18 or younger? You became a Christian? Okay. All right. Good, 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 good. Did you, raise those hands again. Just look, 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 look. All right, so as we get started at Freedom Church, just so you know, you can put your hands down. That's a big reason why we are going to focus in on children and youth ministry. I believe, this is a side point, this isn't the point of the message, but I want you to see that. Because um, I believe children's ministry has the biggest potential of any ministry within Freedom Church to reach people. It's not the best, but the biggest potential. I think God wants to save people at, at young ages. Why? So then for the rest of their life, they're pointing people to the difference maker. And so here we are going to make an, a, 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 an investment in our kids, not only in time, but also in money as well and how we do that. Um, but then as I got older, I ran from God. <laughs> I ran in high school, ran in college. But then it was when I was in my uh, mid-20s, I came here to Los Alamos and I met a man named Jamie Duke who invested in me. A lot of you guys know Jamie. He was a pastor here in Los Alamos. He's now a pastor of LifePoint Church in Santa Fe. And he um, just loved on me and invested in me. And I was a dumb kid coming out of college thinking I knew everything, working at the lab. And he just poured on to me, despite my stupidity, just loved on me and invested in me and gave me opportunities to, to build in a relationship. But then I had another difference maker. His name was Kevin. Kevin and I were friends, but we were kind of more acquaintances than anything else. And Kevin invited me to Glorietta one weekend. And he said, hey, Mike, there's this uh, thing called Collegiate Week. You want to go with me? Sure, I'll go with you. And so we drove down to, to Glorietta. And 
I went to Collegiate Week, and I met God in an undeniable way that night. And Kevin was a difference maker in my life. And all he was doing, he, I, I thought I was just going to go check out this, this uh, Glorietta Collegiate Week thing and then go back home. And I met God that night in a real way, and I totally changed my life uh, forever on how I was going to live my faith out. Difference makers. It could be a process over time. It could be a point in time. But for us, God has called us to be difference makers. In Acts 1.8, the mission of the church, Jesus said, hey, you are going to go and be my witnesses in Jer Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and all over the earth, you're going to tell everybody about me. And you can see in the four Gospels, he basically gives the same command to them as well, to go and tell. As we saw earlier, to go be a light, to, to go and sow seed, in a sense. Jesus told a parable one time, and he said um, in this story, in this parable, he said, hey, a farmer is going to go out, and he's going to go and sow seed and scatter it. Some's going to go on the path, some's going to go on some soil, and there'll be thorns and bushes, and it will grow, and then it will die. And others, gonna, others are going to uh, go into fertile soil, and it's going to produce crop and fruit and blow up and explode and go off. But the idea was that we were the farmer, the gospel, the good news, the message about Jesus is the seed, and the farmer didn't really care where it went. He just scattered it, scattered it, scattered it, and the results were not the farmers. The results were God's. He just scattered it everywhere he could. Jesus just wants us to go and tell others about him. Now, in the church world, we call this evangelism, right? That's the churchy word. We're supposed to go and evangelize. And when we mention that word, if you're like me, you get some anxiety, chest kind of tightens, and we're like, and I think we've kind of screwed this up a little bit within the church, that we've kind of made it this thing, um, and we think, oh man, I'm going to have to know the Romans road and kind of outline all these things. I'm going to be some weird freak at work that's just carrying my Bible around and pounding people with it, or I'm going to have to go door to door knocking. Um, and I, I just know if I've gone door to door um, inviting people um, to, to church or, or witnessing, my prayer life increases exponentially when I do that because I'm, I'm knocking on the door saying, dear God, I hope nobody is home. <laughs> um, it's not fun for me. All right? we, get, we get all these things about evangelism, and I don't know that it necessarily has to be, be that way. Why? Because we evangelize other things. You naturally talk about things that you love, and we don't get scared about it. In fact, we openly talk about those things. Um, if it's a sporting event, you go and you talk about your favorite team. If it's a food, you're like, Chick-fil-A, it is awesome. I wish it was open on Sundays, but it's not, okay? If there was that new pair of shoes that you liked, or if there was just whatever we like or love, we naturally talk about. So in this series, I want us to be challenged to go and be difference makers, to go and point people to Jesus. That is our mission. That hasn't changed. But I also want to give you some tools and some resources to kind of lower those fears. Okay, so if you're a Christian here today, I want to give you some tools in your tool belt that you say, hey, I can take this and actually and not have to feel weird about it and do it in a natural way. If you're not a Christian here today, that's fantastic, and I'm glad you're here, but you can kind of see what is this Christianity thing about and kind of get an idea of what God is calling us 
to do. And then I also want to give you opportunity. Like we're going to talk about this, but I want to give us opportunities to go and live out the mission that God has called us to live. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 is where we're going to pick up. Uh, we're going to look at a story where some gentlemen were some difference makers in the life of another man, and they brought him to Jesus. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1. If you don't have your Bibles, it's going to be up on the screen, so you can follow along there. It says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Where's home? Capernaum. Uh, Jesus is from Nazareth, which is about 20 miles away. Capernaum is where Jesus did a lot of his early ministry. Um, so it's in the northern part of Israel. It's near the Sea of Galilee. Um, and Galilee is kind of like a, a region, an area. And so Capernaum, if you read through scriptures, if you read through the Gospels, you're going to see Jesus doing a lot of work here in this town. So um, he's, he's back in this area where he's been staying. And it says, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. So he's teaching them it's packed inside the house, and now it's expanded outside the house as well. He's got a packed house, and he's preaching uh, God's word. It says, while he's preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on the mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. It was so big. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, to the paralyzed man, My son, my child, your sins are forgiven. The title of the message today is Whatever It Takes. Whatever it takes. Difference makers will do whatever it takes. These men did some heavy lifting that day. These men got a little dirty that day. Their hands got dirty. They dug through a roof, which was probably like uh, uh, some type of mud or, or, or something that was patched up, and they had to dig through this roof. These men caused a scene that day. They were willing to do whatever it takes. And one of our core values at Freedom Church is that we are faith-filled risk takers. That we are, if we, if we have a relationship with Jesus, uh, we are found people who go and find people. And we will take risks of faith when God calls us to do it. And these four men give us a template for how that is done. They were willing to do whatever it takes. Now, Jesus does the saving. We don't do the saving. But I'm going to do my part to bring people to Jesus. And I'm just going to trust that he can do his part because that's his job as God. At Freedom Church, we want to do our best to set you up for a win. We want to do our best to set you up for a win. We want to create environments where people connect with others. We want to create environments where people can connect with Jesus, can connect with God, and let him do that thing. So we want to look at today three wins three wins that we can have in being difference makers. And next week, we'll have the exact same three points. So uh, I hope you come next week as well. But three wins that can help us be difference makers and point us 
point others to Jesus. So the first win, I like wins, so I'm going to say, hey, this is not points. These are, these are wins, successes. You can celebrate these things if you have these things happening in your life. The first one is develop friendships. With any sort of relationship, it's going to start <coughs> with this. Now, you're going to, you might want to uh, take notes on this. Watch carefully. You might want to watch the replay video of how to uh, how this kind of starts in developing friendships. Bill, I'm going to pick on you because you're in the in the in the front row. No one's ever going to sit in the front row again. But watch this. Watch this. Hi, my name's Mike. What's your what's your what's your name? I'm Bill. Nice to meet you. Do we need to do that again? I know we are in Los Alamos. In slow motion. We are yeah. <laughs> We are in Los Alamos. This can be difficult for people, but to take the awkwardness out of the situation, just to initiate a relationship, just to be walk across the room and introduce yourself and say hello and, and, and say my name is Mike. What's yours? You never know what it's going what what what's going to happen beyond that. What's going to happen? It could be uh, nothing. It could be your next best friend. You never know what goes beyond just developing that. Friendship and in Los Alamos, people are desperate for connection. People are craving relationships. If you know you yourself are craving relationships, oh, I wish I had a friend. I wish I had this person. I have acquaintances. I have friends. But you know that one, that that deep relationship. People are constantly craving connection. I've been here for 14 years and it's been the same. That people are always seeking relationships. We don't suffer too much from material poverty, but we do suffer from relationship <coughs> poverty in this town. And they're, they're, they're wanting to be heard. They're wanting to be understood. They're wanting that connection. Developing friendships. That's a huge way. That's a huge win if you can create that. Now, notice I said develop friendships. I did not say develop projects. And I think this is where Christians have really screwed this up. And this is where we get a little bit concerned and we start to... We are not developing projects. We are not trying to fix people. The command. What's the greatest command, Jesus? It is to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And to love others as yourself. Develop friendships. We are... Genuinely loving people. We are all jacked up. <laughs> we all have things to work on. But we are not in the business of fixing people as Christians. So you need to just, as you meet people and develop friendships, it's just to love people. And, and, and genuinely develop that relationship is huge. One of my favorite churches is in the Tulsa area. And they're just exploding in the, in, in the Tulsa region and, and kind of those cities. And they're called the Church At. And when I first saw this church, and you see the, the title, I was like, what? How do you pronounce the church dot at? They're just the Church At. And at first I was confused, but then when you got to start to see what they're doing or whatever, the, their title, their church name, explains who they are and what they're about. When you go to work, you are the Church At work. When you are at home, you are the Church At home. When you are at school, you are the church at the school. When you're at the bank, you're the church at the bank. Wherever you are, you are the church at. So they come together and they worship Jesus, but they know, hey, I go to church at, which means when I go home, I am the church at wherever I am. 
And one of the best things that we can do to develop friendships is be where your feet are. To be where your feet are. To be present. Like, how do I, how do I be present where I'm at? I don't understand this. Uh, the, oh. I'm going to be where my feet are at. To have a conversation. To listen, to understand. Which leads to the next thing. The next win. Discover stories. Develop friendships. And as that, as that friendship develops, you start to discover stories. The paralytic. We're not given the backstory of how these guys met one another. But they had to have had some sort of connection. We don't know if it happened that day. We don't know if they've known each other their whole lives. But at some point, they formed a team and they said, let's go and let's do this. But they also developed, they discovered stories. This guy needed healing. This man's symptom, this man's story is actually what brought him to Jesus. This man's story, he was paralyzed. His symptom is what actually brought him to Jesus. You know people who are hurting. You know, you know marriages that are, that, are, that, are, that are at it. You know parenting relationships that are, that are under stress. You know people who are under financial stress, health different issues that are going on in people's life. And you start to hear those stories. Again, we're not fixing people. But we've got to understand that those are the things, that those are the times when actually people are open to hearing about God, to hearing about Jesus. I know for me, there's times in my life, when I came to Los Alamos, one of the reasons why I was able to be so receptive to God, I was alone on this mountain. I had my coworkers and no family. God's like, hey, I'm going to move you to Los Alamos. You got no one else but me, Mike. And then I was receptive in my loneliness to hearing from God and letting him speak in our lives. As you discover stories, it builds relationships with other people. You say, how do I discover stories? Kind of said it earlier with the cell phone thing. Be where your feet are. You pay attention. You listen. The crowd that day, they, the, the guys tried to get him to Jesus, but it says they were blocked because of the crowd. The crowd was like this. Now, they were paying attention to Jesus, which was great. I'm not against that. But Christians, we get this thing where we're focused in on Jesus and feed me, feed me, feed me. And the entire time, I'm not paying attention to the others around me. I'm like, what can you give me, God? And we miss out on, on the others that God is trying to reach. They couldn't make it to Jesus because of the crowd. They weren't moving. I'm not going to budge because this is my spot. This is my seat. And, and these guys were trying to get their friend to Jesus. And too often we are so focused in on us, me, what do I need, and we forget that other people around us are hurting and, they're, and they're, they're needing a Savior. Too many of us, too many of us, we will be in a relationship and we'll listen to stories, but we listen to respond. We don't really listen to gain understanding, to create a, a connection, and there's a big difference between the two. For me, this is something, I'm a terrible listener. I'll listen, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But a lot of times, I just listen to respond, if I'm honest. And, and really, I just need to zip it. Nothing. I need to listen to understand. This, this will help your marriage. 
This will help. This will. This is not just about reaching lost people. Listening to understand. I, I've learned something, and this is not manipulating relationships. Okay, but I'll just give you a free tip. I just learned if I can repeat the last three words of the sentence that you say, not only does it help me try to understand what, what you say, but you actually open up and share more. You may say, hey, we went to a baseball game this weekend. You went to a baseball game this weekend? Oh, yeah, we took the family, and, and, and um, it, was a, it was a great game. We had some awesome food. You had some awesome food? Oh, yeah, we had pretzels and hot dogs, and then we spilled the pretzel all over, and then they had a, a game-winning home run. We went crazy. Oh, you game running home run? You know, it just like it continues the conversation. It's not manip- this is just how relationships work. And I'm trying to gain understanding. The crowd had their back to them and they could not make it through to Jesus. These guys did whatever to they kept going beyond that. The third win that we can have is Discern next steps. Discern next steps. We're all about taking next, step, next steps at, at Freedom Church. Hey, we're all jacked up. We all have a next step to take. No one here is perfect. And so we're, we're all about helping people take the next step in their faith and their relationship with Jesus together. Again, we are not trying to fix people. But these guys recognized their friend's next step was Jesus. And it was only Jesus was going to be the solution. And so they are going to do whatever it took to get him there. As we develop relationships, as we develop friendships, discover stories, we're taking, we're going from small talk to real talk to big talk. Again, we're not trying to fix anyone. The goal of discovering stories and discerning next steps is not to fix anyone, but it is to introduce people to Jesus, to be the difference maker, to, to sow the seed and, and bring in Jesus into what I'm calling the big talk. And that can happen over a process of time, over a span of years, or it could happen just like that. So these guys, they're like, all right, our friend, he needs help. Jesus is in town. He's preaching. He's over there. We're going to go. We're going to do this. We, let's carry him. You in, man? Yeah, we're, we're good. Let's go. They get there. Mm, man, we're late. <laughs> House is packed. <laughs> We can't even get there. Uh, okay, well, you know what? Maybe we'll just come back tomorrow. No, 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 man. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta do something. Oh, we can't make it through. We can't make it through. It's a spot. I know this is crazy. I know this is crazy. So if we can get on the roof, oh man, I, I mean, we could just lower him right down, like tear through the roof. We could just look like Jesus is right there. Are you kidding me, dude? That is not our property. Like the owner. Are you kidding me? And Jesus. Well, I mean, not even Jesus. He's in the middle of teaching right now to a packed house. Like, this is do or die. Jesus, if he, he can heal us or he could kill us. Like, this is, I, I don't know that he's going to like this. It's our only shot. It's our only shot. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do whatever it takes. They lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. What were obstacles? What were obstacles for them bringing their friend to Jesus? 
was actually opportunities for them to display their faith. Seeing, Jesus, seeing their faith. He saw what it took for these men to do what they just did. Their crazy faith. Their whatever-it-takes faith. Their risk-filled, faith-filled risk-takers. Seeing their faith. For us, as a church, it can't just be, well, I know I have faith. No, it needs to be an action. That's why James says, no, man, faith without works is dead. There is an active side to this thing that we need to live out. Many of our relationships, as we develop friendships, as we discover stories, as we discern next steps... A lot of those, are, those are, are ways to naturally just build relationships and to kind of actively live that out. You celebrate each and every one of those. So if you, you're like, hey, I know someone who I've been wanting to meet at the gym, and I can just, hey, hey, my name's Mike. Nice to meet you. You celebrate that. That's good. As you, you might know some other people, hey, I kind of know as acquaintances, but they, you know what? They kind of share their story with me. And all I'm doing is just listen, but I'm developing that relationship. Celebrate that. That's a win. And other people, as you start to develop and discover some of those stories, you might say, hey, maybe this might be the next step. Hey, maybe come to Freedom Church on Easter with me and you give them the invite card. You celebrate those things. Many of those relationships will not turn into, they may, they may not accept Christ. And that, that's not our job. These are just ways to build those relationships, to scatter the seed. God is the one that will do the, the producing and do the saving. And that's not our job. But we can celebrate each and every one of those. And this is this is the gospel. It's what Jesus did for us. We didn't deserve a relationship with God. And, and, and Jesus came to earth and be a, to be a difference maker. Say, hey, Jesus, that, to say God wants a relationship with you. And the way you've been living is not the right way. And in fact, you can't earn a relationship with me, so I'm going to do it all. I'm going to pave the way. I'm going to die on the cross for your sin. And, and, and then he defeated death, he defeated sin, so that we could have a relationship with God. And all we're doing is pointing people to, to Jesus. And Paul, he writes this in Corinthians. He says, when I'm with the Jews, I'll be like a Jew. When I'm with the Gentiles, I'm going to relate to them like a Gentile. When I'm with the weak... I'm going to be like the weak. When I'm with the children, I'm going to go and I'm going to roll on the floor and I'm going to be like a child in order to relate to the children. He says, I will share in their weakness for what I want to bring, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I tried to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. So whoever we meet, we just love them. We just love them in order that some might get saved. That's God's work. But we, our work is to love everybody. And I say all of this, I say all of this to bring you to this final point. It said they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing... Has anyone got, got a Bible I can borrow? Bob, can I, Rob, can I see yours? Let me see. Because mine, I get kind of confused on this. 
This is a nice Bible, by the way. Nope, yours says it too. Anybody else have a Bible? Anybody? Can I borrow Mark chapter 2? Let's see, because I get kind of confused on these things. No, yours says it too. <laughs> seeing whose faith? <laughs> seeing whose faith? Their, their faith. Whoa, whoa. This blows my mind. Now, we all know, we all know, and I'm going to preach a different gospel, okay? So, hey, we all know that in order for someone to get saved, you have to put your faith in Jesus Christ <coughs> to repent of your sins and confess Him as your Lord and Savior. But in this moment, in this moment, seeing their faith, Jesus acted on their faith. When He saw a group of faith-filled risk-takers willing to do whatever it takes to bring their friend to Jesus... I'm in on that. I want to be a part of that group. That is where I'm going to do some work. Seeing their faith brought God's action, brought God's healing. They were active in their faith. And if, if you, you look at Scripture, you, you see some of this working out. But just a few chapters later, in Mark chapter 6, talking about Jesus' hometown of Nazareth, about 20 miles away, there it says, and because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Freedom Church, we have to be active in our faith if we want to see God moving in Los Alamos. I really truly believe he did not call us to plant Freedom Church to become like a social club and we just pat each other on, on, on the back and give each other a high five and, and say, well, we'll see you next Sunday and let's go. No. I really truly believe God is moving in Los Alamos. That Jesus is, the Spirit is moving and he wants to, to really revive this town. He wants to have a revival in this town. To see us reach our friends, to reach our neighbors, to reach the lab, which will reach the world. Just the unique position that we are in. But if we just sit on it, if we're not actively living out our faith, it will quench the Spirit. And God is calling us to live on mission with Him, to go and live this out and be difference makers. When we do that, when we do that, others will worship. When, these, when Jesus said, my child, your sins are forgiven, there were still some people trying to figure out who this Jesus guy is. There were some religious leaders who were sitting there and they were not happy. They're like, hey, only God, only God can forgive sins. And Jesus is like, yeah, you're right. Only God can. And that's why I just forgave this man's sins. And he goes, so to prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins... Um, then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. The man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and then watch this, and watch this, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. He couldn't make it in through the crowd on the way in, but when they got their eyes off themselves and they saw Jesus moving, 
They made a way. And not only did they make a way, they were amazed and they praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. They had joy. They celebrated. They praised God. And when we see, when we are, when we are faith-filled risk-takers going and finding people and pointing them to Jesus, you're going to see marriages healed. You're going to see people overcome addictions. You're going to see uh, uh, financial freedom, people just breaking free of the bondage that they're in. And you're going to see people getting, getting saved. And you're going to see not only yourselves, but other people praising Jesus and saying, I've never seen anything like this in Los Alamos before. Because people were willing to take a step of faith. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for Freedom Church. That we would lead the charge to say, I'm going to do whatever it takes, whatever God's calling me to do. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm, going, to, I'm, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. Jesus didn't die on the cross and publicly executed, not wearing any clothing, so that we could say, well, I'm kind of nervous. I don't know if I can do this. Maybe tomorrow. No. He said, pick up your cross daily. Come, follow me. Go live like me. Follow me. That's the invitation. So I want to give you guys some opportunities in the coming weeks to put this into practice, develop friendships, discover stories, discern next steps. Maybe you are already doing this. You didn't even know you're doing it. You can just celebrate it now. Some of you think, we think evangelism has to be, well, I have to present the whole gospel. No. No. These guys didn't present the gospel. They just brought their friends to a place where they could meet Jesus. So evangelism could be as simple as taking an invitation card and saying, hey, come, come to Easter with me. Or you don't have to say, come with me. Here. This church is awesome. Come, come check it out at Easter. You got two cards. Your homework assignment. Give them away. You'll get more next week. We'll give those away too. But this, this is evangelism in my book. To be able to, to, to invite someone to point them to Jesus. Also, I want to be clear on this. In two Sundays, March 25th, we will not have church service. We're calling it Difference Maker Weekend. And we will not meet at the church. Um, one is it's the first weekend of spring break. And I've talked with so many of you. A lot of us are just, we're out of town, right? So a lot of us are gone. But it's like, let's use that to our advantage. And let's go, instead of being the church here, let's go be the church at wherever we're at. So if you're the church at spring break, or you're the, you're the church that's in Los Alamos, but you want to um, invite someone into your home that week. You want to share a meal with someone and develop that friendship and dis di discover some stories. I think the best place to discover stories is in home. Call it home field advantage. If you're in someone else's home or they're in your home, I mean, you just can't help but build relationships, share a meal, um, play board games, whatever. But we're not going to meet that week, and the challenge will be that week is to go and be the church at wherever you are and invite them to Easter service. I think if we, if we do those things and start putting those things into action, we will we'll see God do some stuff. And if, if you got the, like, the inner Pharisee in, in you, like, like I do sometimes, like, hey, we're not going to meet at church on Sunday. Well, we've got to have church service on, on Sunday. Um, we'll, we're going to post a message online so you can, you can still um, <laughs> preach something. Okay? But we're not going to meet in, in person um, that week as well.
But I think God wants to, I, I know, I know, God has made a difference in your life because he wants to make a difference in the lives of others around you. Maybe someone in your family, maybe a coworker, maybe someone that you just meet for the first time this week. But God has called us to be difference makers. And I think, I really do believe that God wants us to be able to look back and say, oh man, I've never seen anything like this before. Not because of how good we are, but all because of how good God is. Let's pray. Let's pray.